Hey everyone, last spring, Hunter and I delivered a TED Talk to the University of Mississippi entitled, How to Build a Thick Institution. In it, we discussed a leadership framework we developed for our football program at Oxford that we believe helped dramatically improve our program. More recently, we turned the content from that talk into a book that you can now read with your team. It has the same title, How to Build a Thick Institution. You can order it online through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And if you're an Oxford local, Square Books carries it as well. So for this next series, we're going to do something a little different. We're releasing the audio version of six long-form interviews Dr. Taylor did over YouTube in support of his new book, Draw the Line, Jeff Trailer, The Gilmore Buckeyes, and A Season Deep in the Heart of East Texas. All six interviews will give you, the listener, great insight into why this story is so special, and our hope is that each episode sparks conversations about the coaches you played for, the teammates you played with, and the pride we all take in being from our hometowns. All right, hey everyone, thanks a bunch for making time to watch this. I'm Hunter Taylor, author of Draw the Line, which comes out June 28th. And as I mentioned before, we thought it'd be fun to do a couple of these with some of the actual people who deserve a ton of credit for either influencing the story and or the entire sports culture of the East Texas area. Our first one was, was with former Jacksonville head coach Danny Long and Hall of Fame broadcaster David Smoke. And then the second one we had uh, featured Gilmer's head coach and athletic director Alan Metzl assistant coach and former quarterback Olin Johnson and CBS 19's Reagan Roy Young. Both episodes were incredible. Please check them out on the book's webpage. Just go to huntertaylor.design, click on Draw the Line, or you can Google them on YouTube. Just Draw the Line Interviews, Episode 1 with Danny Long and David Smoke, or Draw the Line Interviews, Episode 2 with Alan Metzl, Olin Johnson, and Reagan Roy Young. And now for this one. Uh, we've got current head football coach and athletic director, of the Carthage Bulldogs, Scott Surratt, former head basketball coach of the White Oak Roughnecks, Ron Boyette, and national scouting analyst for 24-7 sports, Carthage's Gabe Brooks. Uh, in between the four of us, we have 10 state championship rings. Gabe and I mentioned that earlier, so not bad. So, guys, thanks for agreeing to do this. Sure. Yeah. yeah no problem. We should Thank Scott also for that small contribution to those 10 championships while we're at it, too. For all for he's done there. So. I appreciate it, Coach. So it's harder to do it basketball. <laughs> so people are going to ask why I asked both of you to be a part of this on the series. And one of the big reasons is I know both of y'all are actually great friends with Jeff. And I know both of y'all are as extremely competitive as it gets. But if you wouldn't mind opening it up, talking about competing against him and rooting for him now, and, and feel free to tell a funny story. Uh, well, I, I'll start off. He's a, he's a football coach, and, uh, you know, I'm just proud of Jeff, man. He was obviously a phenomenal high school coach, and I love to compete against him. And, uh, you know, the class, class act, you know, not only Jeff, but his whole staff, but uh, – you know, quick story, they, they were open, I think I think it was the first year that Jeff Trailer Stadium was open, maybe in the second, I don't know, but after they named the stadium after him, we went over there and it was a big district, got ball game district of doom, and uh, and referee told me we was out of timeouts, we knew we had one, but anyway, our sideline guys said we was out, and I, so I was on the field, because we were down on the 30-yard line going in and had a little time, and Trailer's hollering at me, and the official get him off of my field. And so I kind of keep easing out and we start hollering at each other. Then uh, I got one of my 15 yarders. I only had two in my career and uh, I, that was one. And so he called us out there and and, 
and uh, he said, you can't get him off my field. And I said, I'm going to get off your field, man. But I said, I got a timeout left. And they, it, it was a good deal. He said, well, we got, he said, the fish was a 13 ball. I said, what? what? He said, no, he said, this guy's 13 ball. I said, what? He said, remember, we got, we drew a 13 ball free. We got this fish head crew. And I said, that ought to be a 15 yard there. Anyway, <laughs> it was always great to compete against Jeff. And obviously, you know, he's the best. And uh, told me one time that uh, he said, one of us has got to break this door down and go make millions. And uh, he's the one that did it. I, I'm, I'm the one that's still in high school. So I, I wouldn't trade him, though. Well, as far as I go, you know, I was fortunate. Jeff and I actually didn't compete against each other a whole lot uh, with me being in basketball, but, you know, we knew each other from college. And so we competed a lot together. We played intramurals basketball together. And uh, a lot of people don't know that Jeff's first uh, head coaching position was as the head basketball coach at Big Sandy. And uh, kind of like Scott was telling there about the get off my field kind of stuff. If y'all can imagine Jeff, when he goes through those antics on the sidelines, at least, you know, once a game when it's a competitive game at the officials and all that, if you can imagine him doing that same thing in a gymnasium when maybe 10 people are there on a Saturday morning during the consolation game that Big Sandy's playing in, then, you know, you can probably uh, imagine how loud that was and, uh, you know, quite a scene he would, because he was the same guy then, you know, as he is now, but like I said, we, we played intramurals together. It was fun. We had uh, our own five guys. We always took all the time, so we competed together. And, you know, ironically, of the seven guys on our team, five of us became head coaches, and three of us won state championships. So that was uh, pretty cool for, to have a group like that. And, you know, he, he was always somebody who was fun to, to support. Um, we did compete a little bit, I guess, as far as we were in their district. Uh, the last two years before we dropped down in football, uh, down a classification. And so uh, he was probably at that time, this was 2007, 2008, probably the most hated guy in White Oak at that time. Because I think he beat us 63 to seven both years that we played in football our last two years. So he wasn't real popular around here. Uh, I can remember sitting in the coach's office down there and doing scout report stuff and you know, the guys would kind of be grumbling about, you know, Gilmer and, and Jeff and, man, all the athletes they got and all that. And, and, and I'd be like, you know, hold on. There's a little bit more to it than just them having athletes. No doubt about they got that. But uh, there's a little bit more to it than that. And the, the story I'll end on with this part is during basketball, after that second 63-7 to romping they put on us, we're playing over at Gilmer. And he's sitting over on the visitor side when I walk in with my team. And, we sit down. It's a little bit before halftime, waiting in to get dressed. I'm sitting on the bottom row, and here he comes across the baseline of the gym. Now, our White Oak side's pretty full then, and, you know, Gilmer had a pretty good crowd, too. I see him strolling over, and he's got this grin on his face, and I'm thinking, surely you're not fixing to do this. And here he comes, and, yeah, he gives me the bro hug, and we sit down. He puts his arm around me, and I look at him, and I said, brother, I appreciate the love but you're making me the most hated guy in White Oak with you right now. You're about to get me fired with all this stuff. So uh, he just kind of chuckled and walked off. But uh, we had a lot of fun competing together, uh, in, particularly in college. Awesome. Now, another reason I asked both of you is like a sizable amount of the book um, focuses on just the time period in East Texas from like 2008 to 2013. And 
just how, you know, from state championships to, you know, so much attention being finally given to that region uh, for the, the coaches. It was just, it was a perfect storm. And I believe every single year, I think Gabe and I talked about this right before, every single year during that time period from 08 to 13, one of you or both of you won a state championship. And so I was just curious, we were talking this before of like the amount of pride Gabe's originally from Carthage, I'm from White Oak. And so there's a fondness we both have for both of y'all, but what were your respective communities like uh, when you're talking about how unique East Texas is about rallying behind a school district and its local team? Well, it was, it was crazy in Carthage. I know that it was the first uh, in 08 was the first state championship in school history. And, you know, we played Salina. They were going in state championship. They were going for the, the ninth uh, state championship would have been a record at the time. And um, they were headed halftime, but it was the sea of red. I mean, you can ask Gabe, it, it was nuts. The very first one. And then, you know, just keep going. And uh, everybody, uh, one thing I remember about is, the local print shop here, complete printing, they donated for our celebration on 08, our uh, posters and state championship posters, and they, they donated 2,000. And so our defense coordinator, Garrett Morgan, said, we ought to sell them. And so I called this guy and say, can we sell them? He says, uh, yeah, I don't care what you sell them. We sell them for $10, we was out in a week. <laughs> and so it was $20,000, you know, which was a uh, big down at that point, but it, it was crazy how, you know, the community needed something, needed good football at the time, and uh, it struggled, and I was a lucky one to get it in 07, and it's just been crazy ever since, but 08 to 13 was uh, was really, really wild. We, I got asked by a reporter when we didn't win it in 11 and 12, you know, he said, well, I know you hadn't been here in a while, coach, and I went, uh, yeah, you're right about that. feels like 10, 10 years or 15 years, but only been two two seasons, so. Uh, but anyway, that, I said you sound like Carthage. You're our spoiled like them. But anyway, now it's been great, man. It's just been a blast. Well, um, and we run in 2012, and it had been, you know, we White Oak had won it before in the 50s twice, but it had been since 1957 that we had won the state championship, and so. Like Scott was talking about, uh, with that much time in between, so much excitement within the entire community, uh, just the community itself, the school, uh, our student section. I know Gabe will remember this. I think he was at ETSN during that time, and they actually did a story, I think, on our student section. It was called the Mojos at that time. Do you remember that, Gabe? Doing yeah, that? I do. Yeah. Yeah, they were awesome. And uh, just <clears throat> encompassing everybody that was there. Uh, I've just never seen anything like it. And then um, after we won it in 2012, I know Scott can identify with this. We were coming, heading home, and we'd stopped to eat uh, a little bit outside, I think in Round Rock. And, you know, just won the state championship a couple hours earlier than that. We're leaving the restaurant. Somebody stops me, and they said, well, well Coach, are we going to do this again next year? And I'm like, you know <laughs> – it's been since 57 since we did it. And then the but people, you know, are already, can we do it again? You know, that kind of deal and excitement. So uh, we were fortunate to get to do that again afterwards. Uh, same kind of excitement. Uh, I know Scott knows Jerry Stanford, who uh, he was our football coach then. That was actually Jerry's first head coaching job in 2012. And so he was great with all that, got it all together, helped organize a lot of stuff. 
And uh, we won it in 12 and 13. And then in 14, we lost an area. And I remember seeing Jerry after the game, after we lost an area on a last second shot. He's looking at me kind of funny. And I said, Jerry, we don't win the state championship every year. I know you, since you've been here, it seems like that, but that's not how it works, you know? So, uh, but that definitely that run that time, I mean, it's like any sport in East Texas and small schools, everybody's going to rally around it. And it's a blast when you get to do that. Dave, what do you remember about covering both of those? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting looking back on it and, and, you know, going all the way back to when I started at the Longview newspaper, which would have been my first football season would have been uh, 2005. And I got to cover Tatum and they had Lennon Creer and Denarius Moore and about half a dozen other FBS level guys starting then going all the way through um, this era we're talking about now. I mean, getting to cover those teams and those players uh, carried with it a certain visibility from a media standpoint, um, personally, that played a large part in me not only going from the LNJ to ETSN, but going from ETSN to Scout, uh, which was a national network at the time and was later purchased by 24-7 Sports, which I'm, I'm still with. Uh, and and now, now I have national duties and everything. So none of that happens without me being able to cover, you know, Kendall Thompson and Jalen Claiborne and Edward Pope or Levi Yancey and Chris Anderson and all those guys back in, in those days. But, uh, you know, as far as the District of Doom, I mean, that was the thing that everybody, um, I mean, that was one of the biggest storylines in the state, regardless of classification in Texas high school football. And uh, that 2010 season, I think, really was um, particularly relevant of that. You know, Carthage was coming off of back-to-back. Had a couple of hiccups in non-district because y'all were beat up. Uh, uh, you know, Chapel Hill was loaded. Had Larry Me Lee, who was an all-conference guy at North Texas, who was a two-way star for Chapel Hill. Uh, I believe Rex Rollins was on that team. He went to North Texas as well. Um, and, and, you know, they, they, they kind of entered district, and it's like, well, uh, Gilmer, uh, Gilmer, who had won at no 9 and D1, and the whole talk was – you know, who's better, Gilmore or Carthage, because they didn't get to play each other in 09. And uh, so now they're in the same district and hit along with Henderson. And there's this kind of belief that, uh, you know, Carthage may be, you know, third out of those three going in. Well, sure enough, uh, Gilmer plays at Carthage. Carthage just absolutely obliterates them. And I think the final was 38-21, but I want to say it was like 31-7 to at halftime or in the third quarter. And I was in the press box, and the, the fabled Gilmer media crew was up there. And I, I don't know if I've ever – I don't know if I've ever seen them like that. And I've seen them in some some bad situations. But uh, then the very next week, Carthage goes to Henderson and is down two scores at halftime and comes back and wins in the second half. I think it was like 43-33, if I remember right. Uh, and then, you know, goes on and has one of the best high school games I've ever seen against Brownwood in the state semifinals, wins the state championship. Henderson wins as the third-place team in the district, wins the Division One state championship against Chapel Hill. 
So, I mean, that season is, is really a microcosm of that era of, of East Texas football. And uh, in regards to White Oak and basketball, I mean, you know, there's, it's no secret that, that football is king in East Texas. So to get to, as a basketball, like, I don't think everybody realizes, but I'm like, basketball is my first sports love. Like I'm a, yeah, I'm a huge NBA guy. I, I watch all kinds of basketball to this day. So getting to cover a team of that level uh, of ability um, that deep in the playoffs, uh, that was really just personally really fun for me. And being somebody who grew up on the old Region 14, and I mean, I was Panola's ball boy for two years uh, back when they had some, you know, back when Robert Pack was playing at TJC and, uh, Steve Francis was, was at San Jacinto and Francisco Elson was at Kilgore College and all those guys. Um, just getting to cover a high school team that was that good in basketball was really, really fun. Awesome. Coach Rathen, this one's for you. So when he just mentioned the District of Doom during that time period, kind of 10 to 14 in general, I guess, what about the East Texas region? I guess what made it so unique, special, competitive, you know, what do you, uh, I guess, remember most about that era, if you will? Well, you know, the District of Doom, it kept switching and we kept moving with it, what I really remember, because, it, you know, it went from Henderson to Gilmer to Gladewater, which was loaded. They had the twins. It went up to, to Pittsburgh, I believe. I mean, it was, and then it goes to 11 and 12, and we ended up with Kilgore, Chapel Hill, and uh, Henderson, and we lost Gilmer, so things travel the things I remember the most is uh, how good the coaches are I mean that's what's underrated in East Texas is, is how good the coaches are you go up against Jeff trailer and you go up against Dickie Meeks and Mike Wood and on, on and on and uh, those guys can really coach but you know just the rivalries since we're so close I, we, I miss those now because they're spreading our district out and keep we are keep doing we don't play Henderson we don't we're not in Gilmer but it was just special times to get to have those rivalries and be so close and like I said as well coach but what I probably the, I remember the most is uh, how loaded the fields were with talent and uh, every week and that's the reason it was named district of doom it, it was really really deserved its name early for sure because it was uh, division one talent everywhere and uh, you know and it's hard to win it and but coming out of a district and staying healthy and like the district we coming out every year it's a tribute to how good of coaches I had and, and good players. And uh, I, I still don't know how Coach Boyette won, won two in a row or two here in East Texas. That, that's a, that's amazing in basketball because I'm a basket. I love basketball too. I'm a game and watching it every time I get a chance. NBA zone right behind me right now. I think seven Sixers get smoked, but uh, you know what he did was incredible. Also, but about you, quite the the district then was incredible and just full of great coaches and great players. Coach Boyd, same question to you then, referencing particularly like when it was like White Oak Tatum and there was that great, there was so many people paid attention to a region that's known as more of a football. I mean, it was incredible the amount of attention that was on basketball at that time. What do you remember about that time period? Well, you know, mainly I think from 11 to 13, uh, Tatum went to the state finals in 11. We won it in 12 and 13. Then they went again to the state finals in 14. And three of those four years, we were in the same district. And so, you know, somebody from our district went to the final four 
three of those four years. And that was just pretty amazing for this area in particular. But, you know, we were very similar uh, uh, in our communities, the support, uh, obviously with Brett Carr, Pete Carr, as I've always known him as, I'm gonna call him Pete. Uh, being from White Oak, uh, when he graduated in 83 from here and I graduated from 84. So there was a lot of tension towards that and things and added a little bit extra to it, I think. But, you know, just the level of play at that time uh, is probably not something we see all the time in our area, but uh, just with the, ri the rivalry between the schools and the fans and everything, just made it so much fun, you know, for everybody that was involved. But it was kind of unique for that four-year span there to know that if you came out of our region, you had a chance to win it all. And, you know, in basketball, usually it's region two and three. If you can win one of those and survive and come out, then you got a chance to win the whole thing. And so it was it was really fun to be get to be a part of that. I remember, like, the amount of tension that was uh, over, like, the Tenahaw tournament when you all had the teams. Because you would always play who in the finals? Uh, Coons was the yeah. one down there that you'd run into a lot. You know, in 2013, uh, White Oak, Tatum, and Coons were one, two, and three in the state pretty much the whole year. And then us and Tatum were in the same district. And whoever got second in our district was going to play most likely Coons in the second round. And so, I mean, to get through that ringer, and, I, you know, I feel like, no offense to anybody, to Brock, Idaloo, or any of those, but in 2013, we had to beat Tatum three times just to get to the state tournament. And I, I truly feel like they were the second best team in the state that year. And so that just if getting through the region was something I'm sure Scott feels that way in football as well. If you can get through the region, then you got a shot after that. So both of you were also assistants in East Texas before you took over as head coaches. Coach Surratt, I told you I touch on the time period in the book of when you were under Coach Norton at Texas High, the run y'all had, how influential that was, your relationship with Ryan, and then going over and taking Carthage. And Coach Boyette, I saw the post you recently made about Coach Griffin uh, being inducted into the THSEA Hall of Honor. If you wouldn't mind, like, I guess in the lens of when you were a young assistant coach in the area, who were some of the torchbearers, if you will? of the region that you just kind of idolized? Well, first of all, I, I wear things to Barry when you're talking about that. I mean, we'd sit, or, sit around and, and he wanted to talk about protection all the time. And I wanted to talk about passing the ball. I can care less about what they did up front, you know, that kind of deal. But uh, uh, now protection is my favorite. But, you know, he's one. And then you, you got to go back to the same guys. I mean, in my, you know, East Texas, Jeff Trailer. I mean, those guys, uh, they're, the, they're the guys that Jeff been doing it a long time. He's, he and I are the same age, and, and I want to tell a funny story before that get, we get done with that. But, uh, you know, Coach Russell, Rodney Russell, and, and John David Russell, these guys that, that I coached under, under and were just great coaches. And uh, But there's just so many great, great coaches. I don't want to mention too, too many other than the ones that kind of coached me. And, and was, I had the blessing to – to uh, coach with, but again, Mike Wood, I mean, this region is loaded with great coaches, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's the best region in the state, no doubt, in 4A for football. And so I'm just blessed to get to coach in it. Well, when I was uh, hired at White Oak in the fall of 88, Coach Griffin, uh, that Hunter mentioned, was the head coach here. And of course, he's an icon here and in 
know, just got elected to the Hall of Honor, THSCA, and I can't tell you how much I learned from him. I do very little football when I first started. I always liked the game, but, you know, didn't know a lot about it. He took me under his wing and, you know, just the way he did coaches meetings and things where every position coach got up there every year, told exactly what they were going to do, the drills. I learned so much football, but also just the way to be a head coach, the way to coach your coaches. And, you know, so much that I learned from him is just, you know, I could go on for days about that. But I was also so fortunate that while the time he was here then, you also had Jack Murphy at Gladewater. And I mean, 29 years, I think, at Gladewater. You had Coach Alexander finishing up at Dangerfield and coaching at Troop and Arlton. Those three guys were pretty good friends, too. They were a lot different in so many ways. But just seeing the respect that they had for each other and the way they competed against each other, uh, you just learned so much from hanging around guys that had been through it. And, you know, I, probably one of the greatest compliments I ever got was from Coach Murphy. And uh, actually, Pete Carr at Tatum, who I was talking about earlier, I, he had been for an interview over at Gladewater. Their basketball job was open. And Pete told me later, because we were friends, and he said, when I was talking to Coach Murphy, he had, and uh, somehow the topic came up, well, what kind of coach are you looking for? And Coach Murphy said, I want somebody that gets out of them what that guy at White Oak gets out of them. I don't think he even knew my name. But he at least, you know, that threw a compliment at me from, from him. And I still remember that, obviously. And just one of the, the proudest things I think I ever had said is because I had so much respect for him. But when I was coming up, those were just three icons in East Texas coaching and football particularly. Dave, when you started – I agree with Dennis Alexander. I should have named that one. <laughs> I, I, I got I, my butt kicked in high school about – Coach Alexander when he was in Dangerfield. I was through the, the 80s when they were 83, 84, 85. That was, uh, was, that was a bad time to play Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt in the, the, the job that I have right now, which is nothing but evaluating and scouting and, you know, the media side of that. There is no doubt in my mind that having almost a decade of covering all sports uh, helps in that, especially because the guys that you see getting drafted in the NFL now are, I mean, the vast majority are multi-sport guys. And from an evaluation standpoint, I'm, I can relate to trans, you know, uh, athleticism that transcends sport, whether it's track and field or basketball or something else. And having the opportunity to cover all that back then really helped set that foundation for me and I say all that as a you know uh, to point out that whether it's Scott Surratt or Ron Boyette or John King or Jeff Trailer or uh, you know the late great Rick Dowdle or the late great Dickie Meeks or you know all these other guys Gary Stanford whether at White Oak or at Flower Mound Marcus or at Texas High all these coaches and the access that I was granted, uh, you know, to see these guys up close, uh, see, you know, see, um, see Kendall Thompson up close to see, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of, you know, long, long as had a Traven Howard, you know, Traven Howard's a guy that, uh, you know, he, he had one offer from UTSA until two weeks before signing day, he goes to TCU 
he's the program leader in tackles and just won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Coach Cook at White House, you know, being able to like have that foundation from uh, a point of reference and a perspective is is something that served has served me well. And it's because of the access granted by all those guys. And, uh, you know, Mahomes is one that I now can kind of, you know, taunt colleagues with like, you know, yeah, well, you know, I was around when Mahomes, I remember, I remember back when Patrick Mahomes was a safety play, a sophomore playing safety uh, or, or, at, or putting up a triple double in basketball or going up against, Michael Kopech from Mount Pleasant, who is now a starter for the White Sox. I remember going to a baseball game where they started against each other. And Mahomes is throwing about 93 and Kopech's throwing 98. And uh, there's about 50 scouts there. So it's, you know, that time back then, I've really cherished it because not only is it my home region, but it really served me well, uh, the, the just the access and how generous the vast majority of the coaches and players were back then. Uh, really helped me out in the long run. Awesome. So a similar question for both of you. When you had it rolling, kind of in that 08 to 13 region type deal, what's who are one or two coaches you loved uh, just scheming against, like that you loved, uh, you had such great respect for them, and you knew it was going to be hard, but there was like a – you loved going against them too. That's an easy one. If we're going on to pick one, that is that's his Jeff Trader. That's the time that we met a few times, and um, you know he got me uh, once, twice, and I got him more than that. But no, anyway, <laughs> he, he uh, you know he kind of gets you crawl going, as they say, you know. But hey, it was mutual respect. We love each other. We were great friends, and we knew how, how what kind of schemes they had, what kind of coaches, what kind of players. So they always got our best, our best, and uh, hopefully. They, they got our best, and uh, but it, it was fun for the pregame. That that is uh, that may be more fun than coaching when you actually get there and talking to Jeff Trailer in pregame. But he and I just, uh, you know, we he's the same age as I am. You know, we went into the East Texas Hall of Honor a few years back, and it was John King, Jeff Trailer, and me. And uh, this is a funny story we we'll get to about Trailer. I'm going to get off topic here, but uh, his son was there, and he thought they were doing it by decades. I'm older. Than trailer and trailers other than John King, <laughs> so they thought I was I was in the recent decade, and then he know, knew how his dad was, and then he thought King was like Tennessee. <laughs> that was it was a funny deal, but uh, King won't like me saying that. But uh, you know, it's it's Jeff, there's no doubt about because we were at the same level, and and he brought out our best. Well, for me, that, that's about the time we dropped in classifications. Cause I, so obviously that helps quite a bit. We went from, you know, a, a small fish in a big pond to a big fish in a small pond. And district-wise, uh, Curtis Lewis at Dangerfield was always one. They were always uh, athletic, talented. He did such a good job with them. Uh, Ron Hanks at Mount Pleasant Chapel Hill, we'd always run into them at the playoffs. But Probably the two for sure. Uh, obviously, our rivalry with Tatum and Coach Carr, our friendship and just the closeness there um, was that was always a, an intriguing battle. Uh, he always does such a good job there, and I mean they play so hard. Uh, I remember one of the hardest things. I'd hate it when the ball would go out of bounds because just trying to get the ball in bounds against them was so hard. 
And then, though we didn't play but twice, uh, Jeff Bell at Brock, uh, you know, that guy's he's fixed to win his a thousandth game here before long. And he's just a legend in Texas high school basketball. And so that was always a challenge to prepare for them. Uh, so off the top of my head, that's probably four uh, that I would mention. That's good. All right. So I was always curious about this. Uh, Coach Surratt, I know you coached at your hometown, uh, Lennon Kildare as an assistant. And obviously, Coach Boya, you still coach at White Oak. So the protagonist in the book is, is Jeff and his time at Gilmer. What do people not really understand about the challenges and the benefits about coaching in your hometown? You know, the challenges of everybody expects more of you, I believe, because everybody knows you. And then they think they can talk to you more. And, and I'm not I'm not that guy. So I, I was I, I don't have any bad experiences going back to my hometown. I loved every minute of it because uh, I wouldn't I didn't go to the local uh, feed store and, and talk and do that stuff. And uh, I got great, great friends, but they knew where the line was. Uh, they, they're not football coaches, but I mean, I loved it. And, you know, obviously Jeff is his hometown man. I mean, he, he made Gilmer. Well, I know for me, kind of like Scott was saying, the benefits far outweighed the challenges. Uh, I was only 25 when I was the head coach here. And when I was hired here, I was 22. And, I mean, there's a lot of kids in the school that knew me more as Ron than they did Coach Boyette. And everybody on the staff had taught me. And, you know, so that stuff's a little awkward at times. But, again, it's far more benefit than challenges. Now, what some people don't know is when I first became the head coach, um, the assistant principal, the high school principal, and the superintendent had all been basketball coaches at White Oak. And so that was a benefit in a lot of ways, but there's also a lot of free advice going around in, in the hallways a lot of times too. So uh, it, it had its challenges. Uh, and also, like Scott was saying, uh, I had to kind of keep my distance from people, you know, because a lot of them knew my family, knew me. I can remember my first basketball camp, everybody's coming to sign up and I'm getting this look from everybody like, do I have to pay? I've known <laughs> you since you were about five, you know, I mean, or I know your dad and your mom and, and I'm looking at them like, you know, I can't let everybody in free because you know me, I know everybody here. And so that, that was kind of, you know, some things you got to work through, but no doubt the benefits uh, far outweigh uh, any kind of challenges. Wouldn't trade it. So, um, uh, one thing I was going to say about Jeff, you know, I, some probably know this, but, you know, when he got hired at, at Gilmer, they only gave him a one-year contract his first year. And I think the board vote was like four to three. And, you know, that didn't scare Jeff. He, he knew if he could just get his foot in the door. I, he was confident to know what he could do. But uh, he definitely had some challenges to start off with. And, you know, you start off like that, and then you leave, and they name the stadium after you. You know, I, I think that says something about you for sure. You you mentioned earlier that Coach Trailer was the same guy back in college that he, you know, he was later on. And like that, it, you know, seeing him go from the high school game to the college game, you know, y'all know it as well as anybody. So much of your job is recruiting. Like when you go to when you once you're on that college level, I mean, it's. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And I knew that, you know, I, I was confident that he would be good going up to that level because like you said, like he's as real as it gets, 
there. He can read a room within 30 seconds of being in a room. He, he has read everybody in there. He, he's not going to be fake. Um, you know, he, he knows how to talk to all kinds of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds and they all respect him. And, uh, you know, that, that it, it's a major reason he is the head coach at, uh, you know, at an FBS school and just won, what was it, 12 games. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the same reason somebody like Joey McGuire has a really good shot at being good at Texas Tech, uh, being good there is because he's, he's, a, he's a high school coach. And those guys are, they're, they're players first uh, oriented. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're player oriented. Um, they're, they're people oriented, they're, uh, you know, community culture oriented and, um, recruiting and relating to players and all that just, it comes completely naturally to them. Yeah. My last question, this is for all of you. So like when you look at the trajectory, this is a big part, I guess, of what I wanted to try and get across in this of like from 2010 up until now, where you see like this, uh, this climax of all of these different players that are getting notoriety in major colleges and they're excelling in the NFL. And, and then you also look at uh, what Jeff's done. And Coach Rat, you mentioned this early on. He was the first one that broke through, if you will. And not only has he broke through, he's, he's won. Like it's, you know, there's success with it too. You're seeing players succeed. There's more attention. What do you think by all these examples that exist now, what do you think that ultimately shows uh, to the rest of the state and the rest of the country about how unique and special the East Texas region is? Well, East Texas region in football, there's no doubt it's the best. And, uh, you know, talking, talking about Jeff, Jeff started it really. And, you know, how he did it was how, how hard his team played. He won every drill. If, if he didn't win the drill, if he didn't win the one-on-one, I mean, he's so – he's a perfectionist in everything. And that's what I see about coaches in East Texas and this region is um, – it may not be the highest paid region in the state, but there's no doubt it's the best best coaching in the state. And that makes – keep the edge on us guys to keep getting better and to keep visiting, or visiting guys and going to clinics and, you know, keep the – Keep the old uh, knife sharp. If you don't, you, you get stabbed with, with their sharp knife. And it, there's no question, it's, it's the best region. And, and I'm, like again, I'm so fired up and excited to be the head coach at Carthage in this region because I know how tough it's going to be and how challenging it's going to be. And uh, hopefully the next four years is the best we, we have in Carthage since I got my son coming up. Well, it you know, it was so fun for me to watch Jeff uh, do that just because I admired him so much and you know I would during football season they always practiced in the evening I guess I don't know if they still do that or not during two days they still they would do in the evening some so I'd get done with our practices and at least once a year I'd go watch them and just see how he did things how their staff did things like Gabe was saying he's the full package I mean he's got the x's and o's the motivation coach coaches the whole deal and, you know, when he started moving up through the ranks and going into college, uh, I remember when SMU came open and there was a little push to get him the job there. I mean, I just – whoever's willing to take that opportunity to give it to him, you just know those, those of us here that know him, it's going to – he's going to do it. I mean, I just 
I've just never seen him uh, not take a challenge like that and succeed at it. And, and that kind of set the groundwork for East Texas football, I think, because it's such a high level of coaching, like Scott was talking about earlier. The athletes are here. Uh, there's the communities that support it. Go, a lot of great facilities in these places. So, you know, it's, it's, it's there uh, to be successful. But to see a local guy do it and, you know, Jeff, you text him now, he's going to text you back. It may be three days later because he's busy, but he's going to, you know, he's going to get back in touch with you. He's a Texas high school football coach and will always be, will be. And, you know, it just, it's just fun to see him get to do the things that he's done. Um, I remember after he got, what was it? A $10 million contract or whatever it is. I'm something millions or whatever. 29. It was that what it was. I texted <laughs> yeah. him right after that came out and I said, all right, you're officially kicked out of the nickel dime quarter poker game for college. You know, you, you're you're out now. So, and sure enough, he texts me back. You know, LOL, I needed that. You know, so man, it, it's just fun to see what he's done, and I, I love that they're on TV so much that you can watch them because it's it's just fun. Yeah, that you know, I was some something that really stood out to me watching the NFL playoffs was. Uh, you see San Francisco, and on offense, they have long view at left tackle, Trent Williams. They've got a long view running back, Jermichael Hasty, and they have an Elkhart running back, Jeff Wilson. I mean, that's just, you know, all from that 2004 5 to 2014-ish, 2015-ish era, all right there represented on one side of the ball for one NFL team. And along those same lines, what y'all were talking about with with Coach Trailer was, you know, his his ability to motivate. Um, he, you know, Gilmer always has talent. Like Gil, Gilmer's always, they may not always be the most talented, but they're among the most talented in their uh, classification. And Jeff Trailer could get Chris Boyd and Blake Lynch, who are both in the NFL now, thinking that nobody thought they were any good. Uh, that that everyone thought that they were overrated and not very good. He ha he had a real way of like, kind of an us against the world mentality that that was really a uh, you know maybe it falls under the category of of the rah rah fiery kind of uh, motivational uh, manner, but it worked. It always worked. I mean, you saw it. He would come out onto the field with his team, and uh, I mean the players, you know, just like with y'all or with John King or something like these players will do anything for these coaches. And, you know, if Chris Boyd and Blake Lynch and, and all those guys, GJ Kenny and Stump Godfrey and, uh, you know, David Snow, just go down the long list of guys. They were really good, but, you know, to get guys who know they're good to, to get them to think that, everybody is doubting them when in reality, there's really not many people doubting them really speaks to his ability to, to pull out the best out of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, coach Boyer, coach Surratt, Gabe, thank y'all so much for doing this with me. You are the best of the best of what you do. So I was just fired up that we could get this group together. So I really like thank you. this. And so, Go it, man. Appreciate you having me. Go dogs. That's right. Go dog day. Let's go get them, bud. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. We'll see you.
Thank you so much for listening to the Coach and Doc podcast. Uh, we know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose ours. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website. It is at coachandoc.com. Thanks again.